Welcome to the second half. I'm your host, Melanie Kenneman, and I'm excited to spend the next hour with you interviewing some of my favorite people in the world. Uh, you know, a lot of people put a lot of weight in the first half of any game, and what they don't realize, it's actually in the second half. The things that you do, the actions you take, the mindset you have that sets you up to win or fail at anything that you do or at any game. Today's episode, we feature David Jones. David's somebody I've known since I started my team leader career over 15 years ago, and has been a great friend through the years. And I've seen his own personal transformation through divorces and, and family tragedy, and yet he still gets up every day and goes out there and makes an impact on others' lives. So I truly trust that you will enjoy this conversation on this episode of The Second Half. Well, it's good to be here. I've known you a long time. Uh, we've had some journeys together. We've watched each other on our journeys. So uh, congratulations. And I and I love what you're doing. You're changing, you're changing lives, making an impact, and uh, and highlighting and spotlighting people in their lives and what they're doing um, that people can relate to. That's what I really enjoy. And so if there's anything today, my mission, my goal would be to hopefully create a story and a journey where people can relate to. Because we hear a lot about the people that are very successful, we see them at the top and they're great people. I know them. we know them personally, you know, some good friends that are at the top, done great things. And sometimes the people, you know, say, you know, what's the real world? Where can I relate? And, um, you know, I remember when I was in real estate school years ago, and this is the way I really want people to look at me is I was in real estate school and, you know, 21 years ago. And uh, I looked up there, this guy was teaching class. and I go, man, and that guy can do it. Anybody can do it. So, uh, you know, my biggest pleasures is when people say, and I, I hope I make it look in an area where it, it you know, my, maybe my story, maybe my journey, wherever this conversation goes, anybody who watches this, and maybe they'll tell a friend to watch it, is that no matter what hits you, no matter, you know, what happens, um, you know, I've mentioned to you that there's, you know, there's always a second chance. And I, and I actually believe there's third, fourth, and at any time, somebody can make a choice to change a direction and you never know if it's this podcast or it's the book or if it's bold or if it's that one team meeting at any point in their life they can make a pivot yeah and uh change that direction so i hope i hope this makes an impact to somebody and if if this one doesn't watch another podcast so I love that. And, you know, it, it is it, it just one message, one person that hears it when they need to hear it because everything's timing. I think one of the things I love about our story is that and you and I kind of started out on this journey together and, and we've gone similar but different directions. So I've seen a lot of your ups and downs. You've hosted Bold for us. You've been our Bold coach here in Austin multiple times and you're a game changer. And I've seen you lose weight. I've seen you go through all different things. You've shifted market centers. But what I want to share today, again, it's the getting back up and never quitting. Because I think that's the message people really need to hear. So, so David, why don't you tell for the listeners today that are either watching live on Playing to Win or listening on the second half, let's just introduce to the world, David Jones. Who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I am. I was born in Texas. Um, and uh, at a very young age, family, mom and dad moved us out to California. So you, didn't, may, you may not have known that. Maybe you did. Yeah, I, did not uh, know that. I actually uh, grew up from the age of uh, 
we'll use ages, not years, right? <laughs> I think we're both we're both '80s kids, so I think we pretty much know um, from the age of two to ten in Southern Cal, Orange County. Uh, right. And then my dad moved us back to Texas, and uh, I grew up throughout those years in North Texas. Uh, went to high school, went to high school, you know, a little bit of elementary, middle school, high school in North Texas, a little bit school, played every sport, uh, ended up going to a college in um, Oklahoma called Northeastern State University, played a little baseball for them, um, and then ended up finishing down in San Antonio, and that's how I got to San Antonio, so okay. that was kind of the quick version, biggest thing I get all the time is, were you military? Nope, <laughs> that just was a, my dad was a salesman, career salesman, and my mom was a, it well, was a career school teacher. So what do I do for a living? Yeah, you travel and you <laughs> I teach. teach. I teach salespeople. <laughs> my dad was a traveling salesman, literally on the road traveling. And my mom was a school teacher. So what do I do for a living? I travel and teach salespeople. <laughs> so, uh, and, and, sell, and sell real estate, of course. Uh, people always ask me what I do for a living. I'm a realtor by heart. Always will be. Love the real estate industry, um, every aspect of it. And so... Uh, uh, so now that's what I do. So that's, that was all the way till, and then we just San Antonio, went to University of Texas, San Antonio and finished up. And so, um, and then for 10 years, I was actually um, in uh, family business in uh, marketing and printing industry. And so then I went to uh, San Antonio, San Marcos, Austin. You know, I remember I used to go downtown Austin before it was even what it was now, you know, go down there and uh, it's just crazy to see the difference. I can see a little bit of a you know, a little bit of speckles of the old Austin back in the uh, I bet. late 90s uh, in there. So um, and so during that time and, and that time, my life uh, was married, had uh, had two amazing children. So uh, you don't have to follow me very long, uh, uh, very long on social media <laughs> to see my kids. Yeah, uh, my daughter, Cordelia, is uh, we call her Cordy is now 23. And my son, uh, she actually lives in Denver now. Uh, she uh, just she's she's wanting to seek the world she's got a little bit of me in her and she lives in denver just moved there the other day and then my son goes to texas tech university and so um and so that for 10 years you know married and then um by the time i got into real estate is that i got into real estate in 2003 and it was a transition for me uh because uh, a lot of things were happening in the family business wasn't really enjoying the family business um I knew I needed something else to do. And so then I uh, got, went and got my real estate license on the weekends. And uh, because I was going to do it part-time. <laughs> so funny. I have, I have no judgment around somebody that um, I have no judgment around somebody who tells me I'm going to do a part-time because that was literally my mindset. Like somebody's going to do a part-time. Hey, I understand. I know the truth now, of course. And, you know, I knew that was a hallucination per se. Can it be done parts? I'm sure got to have some things in place and I, anybody can be coached to do it. And I was going to do it part time. And I got in and, uh, and I found out I was pretty good at it and I loved it and enjoyed it. I went to the classes. I was helping run my dad's company and doing real estate and kind of overlapping the two and just fell in love with real estate. And then my dad decided to shut the company down and he was like, worried about what are you going to do? And, um, I was like, I'm gonna sell real estate. He goes, Oh, I knew you said you did this real estate thing. I said, and I told him how much I paid that month. And it was one, it was a really good month. It was like month number seven or eight in real estate. And 
it was somewhere um, in one month. They made twenty to thirty thousand in commission checks, and uh, you know, I don't, I, you know, he was pretty. And so I, you know, I was pretty good after that. So I went full time. Yeah, real estate that was kind of a, yeah a, a sign to like, maybe there's something that, right? It took you probably half a year to make that. It, I'm just kidding. But you it's know, great. no, 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 that's 100%. Different, it was a different level of what's possible. Okay, so then he shut down the business and he went full time real estate. So I went full time. So I overlapped and I can't remember exact years in there. So that was really the shortest version. A lot of people, you know, kind of, kind of getting to where I was getting there. And uh, 2003, I took off in real estate. And, um, and really hit it, you know, running. And um, I got lead generation quickly. And, you know, a lot of people, the MREA, you know, if you look at the publication date was, wasn't published yet. And if you look over my shoulder, I don't know if you recognize, do you, you notice anything different about that version? Oh, yes, yeah, the original. It's the original. Not many of those are around. I got two of them. Yeah, um, if, you can, if you're just listening on the podcast, it's the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book. And it's the original uh, cover. Yeah. Yeah. So... So all that was just, they were leaking it. Uh, I realized that Gary, I think, was sending stuff down to, because I my license is held at Market Center number two. <laughs> you know, you you used to be at Market Center number one. Right, think, for a decade, exactly. Yeah, for a decade. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so uh, they were leaking stuff down to our Market Center. And I'll talk about some of my mentors, et cetera, here in a minute. And uh, they were teaching classes. And so 33 Touch and all those things were like, oh, this is awesome. So we were just adopting it. And um, people always ask, what's the key to making a real estate? Just do whatever they say. Don't even think about it. So they say, go door knock. I went door knock. If I, they say, go start farming. Call. You mean cold calling back then? DNC wasn't as big of a deal back then. I'd, make, go, I'd go make the calls. And so, you know, I didn't think about it. They told me to do, like Craig Owen, one of my really good friends, my mentor, the guy that brought me into Keller Williams. I, I can honestly say um, he is literally the first domino of my life. Nice. He is the domino. And uh, he would uh, write, he would write, he'd write cold call scripts for me and I'd go make them and uh, I get hung up on. I'll tell you the funniest story is that I, um, I used to make, when I first did, I was nervous. I remember sweating, sitting in the bullpen, making calls the first time. And uh, Craig wrote out a script for me. And, um, and I made, I decided to make calls at 10 AM in the morning. And the reason I decided to make him at 10 a.m. is because I figured that was the lowest chance of anybody answering the phones. So if anybody, uh, you know, <laughs> thinks that don't people don't get nervous, I was my palm. I could still remember it. I was like, I kept delaying, kept delaying. I said 10 a.m. People are probably still probably at work right now. And I figured out that's why I called it 10 a.m. So that's that's my life. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for there. I love it. So, but so you yet yeah, you you still were successful, which eventually got you into leadership, right? Um, and that you started as an assistant team leader, then you're a team leader and you, you moved around, you were, you went to Arizona for a while, you, you've had a lot of things and then you end up as a bold coach. Yeah. So I, uh, remember the year I wasn't very long into being an agent and, uh, I remember getting a call, um, from Craig Owen and, um, Craig called me and he goes, Hey, I want to talk to you about a position called assistant team leader. And I was doing pretty good, you know, so, and I didn't know, we didn't know what we didn't know. You know, we didn't know production teams were just being evolved. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, the book is just coming out, you know, so this whole team concept was just evolving. Craig was actually one of the early pioneers of teams. You know, people don't know that about Craig Owen. He was one of the early pioneers. I call him the Jerry Maguire 
of Keller Williams, <laughs> you know, when he, you know, he was the guy that left Remax and goes, I'm going. And uh, and who's, who's going, going with me? And one person went with him. <laughs> the goldfish, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, well, now he has the largest real uh, Keller Williams office in the country, right? Yeah, yeah. So no, that's a true story, by the way. If you ever see Craig, ask him about it. And lady named that's Penelope Priakis, rest in peace. Uh, uh, went with him. That was a funny story. He was kind of the Jerry Maguire doing it. So we didn't know about teams and all this. And so my business was doing good, though. I was making more money than I've ever made, to be honest with you, and um, paid off some things, paid off a car, I was doing some smart things with it, actually, and uh, he calls me, and he goes, he was, at, what I know now is he was at Masterminds in Austin, and they said, don't overlook one of your younger, newer agents that hasn't proven themselves yet, and that's back before they taught on a, 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 a um, respectful talent, what are the levels of talent, you know, uh, yeah, emerging, proven, yeah, yeah, emerging, yeah. proven. Right. They said, you know, don't. And so he calls me up, and I'd only been an agent maybe two years, and he said, I'd like to consider you as uh, my assistant team leader. I said, man, I don't think I'll be a very good assistant. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see that exactly. I, but that title is not a good title for that. What that role actually is in the company. we actually called it sales manager. Yeah, we actually called it sales manager. Okay. Um, and so and that evolved to being a uh, assistant team leader, which I now know what it means. We know what it means in, internally. We call it sales manager for externally. And what I now believe to be one of, I don't know if it's for a fact, one of the first productivity coaching programs in the country. I believe us and Marcus Center number one and yours in Northwest, I believe started uh, early because we started creating the commission structure, the productivity coaching programs. And so my first job in Keller Williams and leadership was recruiting and training uh, new agents. And so I did that for um, several years. I mean, that my whole job was recruiting new agents like new and getting them into production, getting them in, getting them in production, getting them, getting them into production. So it's really cool to see a lot of those people that are really, gosh, they're wealthy now. I know guys that have multiple investments, awesome? people I brought into the company, Amazing. you know, some of my best friends now. Yeah. And I it's think incredible. to myself, if I did, if I was not good at my job, just think about the friends I wouldn't have. Yeah. People are like, what do you mean? I was like, if I wasn't good at my craft and they went to another company, I wouldn't have had that friendship. Yeah. And so, so that was my first one. And then that evolved into team leader of the Keller Williams Heritage Market Center, which then evolved into me going to Arizona and being part of that team that opened up all the Keller Williams offices in Tucson, Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, I remember because we we met while you were still in San Antonio at a uh, a, a recruiting contest we both won. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> the first time we met, other, right? But that's but that's where we really got to know each other, right? Yeah. We got to yeah, that was really fun. I think we have stories about that. That we'll save that for later. <laughs> that's on the bloopers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's, <laughs> yeah, you no. get to know us a little bit better to hear those stories, but you know, so so okay, so you did that for a while. You went and launched in Arizona, and then you come, you know, you come back. And you've lived different places and there's, we can go different ways there, but, but tell me about the bold coach. Cause then you can, you know, I moved to Austin in 2011 of January and you were kind of still doing all that, but then you got into bold right around then, right? When did you get it to become a bold? So actually, coach? so when I was uh, about three and a half years into the Tucson endeavor, um, I was, I was, I was commuting back and forth. So go back and have two kids. That's right. I was, I was attempting to go back and forth and I get a lot of people ask me about the team leader role. I'm very, very honest with them about the team leader role. If you're in the trenches, team leader, maybe not the executive team leader role, 
Although the team leader trenches role when you're launching out year one, two, and three is difficult to commute. And so I was three and a half years in, you know, we established, uh, we got, we got everything plateaued. We got, it took us about two and a half years to get into the model, you know, to get everybody in the model. Cause we did some big mergers, you know, that's a, probably a different conversation. We, we did like four or five mergers in a row, which means you adopted a bunch of different plans and different fee structures. It was kind of, yeah, just different. It's, it's a big pile of, a you know, big pile of spaghetti that you got to line up in order. Yeah. And, and, and you, I mean, you can take spaghetti and line up in order after, you know, line it up, but it, it just takes time and it's got to be done systematically. So we did. And then I, I made the choice on a personal level. I was like, you know what? I need to be back living in San Antonio full time. And I was missing out on some things. So then I started, so the obvious, I won't lie to you. The obvious thing is I started looking in the ideas. I started already I had that in my gut that I said, you know what, I need to go ahead. I heard auditions were happening. It was um, February. It was it was before family reunion in 2013. Mm. Yeah. And so I uh, Sean Kokoska was running bold at the time. And I said, hey, I don't know. It's in my future. I don't tell me about bold. I was kind of looking at what my possibilities were, not even knowing I was moving yet. And so I, um, so I talked, called Sean and said, Sean, how does this bold thing work? You know, I love bold. Got to know him because he was my bold coach. And I highly encourage you. I would pick him up at the airport every week. I would take him to his hotel. People, you know, it's interesting to me. It's like, go, guys, if you got bold coming to your area and you're a leader, man, you, you should go. I'm not saying just to save that Uber money for that coach. I'm saying you, because these it's are nice. relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I got to know Sean in a level. I called him up and said, hey, and he goes, you need audition in February. So he told me, um, you need to come audition. So I went on. So February, I got the material. I studied it. Had a lot of bold friends, a lot of bold coaches that were friends. Like most of them were friends of mine. And so um, they told me they, they told me what to do. And I went in and, uh, and I auditioned a family reunion. And, uh, and my audition was interesting. Um, I uh, walked in. It was in the room was... Uh, Kay Potolsky, uh, Dinah Kokoska, Sean Kokoska, Steve Schleter, Shannon Steer. Um, man, I can't even remember just, you know, name after name of great, great, great instructors, great. Um, and uh, Sean Kokoska looked at me and he goes, all right, go. I couldn't speak a word. My brain and my mouth wouldn't work. I couldn't get a word out. And Diana goes, time out. She goes, David, I would like to see the real David. Little exact words out of her mouth. So, so we're going to start over. And I was wondering if you, if David would show up right now, because I want to see the David, because I love David. Oh. Pat interrupted me, started over. And so I auditioned for that. And then, um, and I, I, I want to tell another story in here about showing up, if, if, if that's okay. And because this is, I think this is part of an important story right here. Is um, Bold Leader was being, I think it's called Bold Leader of Bold Leadership, was a program that we did for years. And I, and I believe Dusty, the director of Bold, is looking to bring it, bring it back. Mm. And so... Um, I knew that Bold Leader was going around and Diana was teaching it. And I had a feeling she wasn't going to teach many more of them. Diana Kokoska, so many people know, is the original author of Bold. A lot of people, this is podcast, may not know that. Uh, who is probably between uh, Craig Owen, 
Mark Willis, Diana Kokoska, of course, Gary Keller, top influential people in my life, period, along with my grandfather and my dad. Um, and I knew she wasn't teaching it long. So I went and talked to my OP and I said, I'll pay for my travel with the market center pay for the ticket. And so um, this is in the middle of 2013. And this is my story to Maps and Bold, just so you know. I'd already auditioned for Bold. And they, Sean goes, you know, you got a green light. You got the energy. And I was blessed with energy. I'm very grateful for that. And I go to leader, Gold Leader in St. Louis, which was one of the locations, three locations. And at the airport, I see Diana Kokoska. So I run and I run to the, I, I was eating and I saw her pass by and go, hey, Diana. You know, she said hi and walks over to the gate. So I paid my tab, ran over to Diana, sit next to her and talk to her, almost like a fan, you know? I'm like, literally, I'm like, okay, I'm not. So I go in and she tells me, this is interesting. She goes, David, I think there's a seat next to me in first class that's open. I still to this day don't know why she knew that. The old days you used to do it on the kiosk. Now we have phones and all that, but you know, you used to be able to, so she must've upgraded at the kiosk. And I go, really? So I was going to the counter. I was a team leader in a building market center. Didn't fly first class a lot, to be honest with you. It's a possibility it's my first time sitting in first class, to be honest. And I walk up to the counter and I take my ticket and a credit card and I slid it across the counter. I said, I heard there's a seat open in first class on the first row. I don't know what I paid for that ticket to this day. And I sat next to Diana and I started talking to her the whole way. I said, am I bothering you? She says, no. So I started talking to her about this program. I said, I heard there was a program called Pursuit of Profit Share. She goes, yeah. I said, what happened to that? Well, the gentleman that was doing it decided to go on and do his own thing, Leap Maps Coaching. She says, well, it's been shelved. And as you know, you and I won some recruiting contests. So I was very well known as one of the top team leader recruiters in the country. And so that's opened up some opportunities to it. You want opportunities in our company? Do one of two things, everybody. Be a great listening agent or a great recruiter. <laughs> and I say, you know, I believe I can do that program. And she goes, you definitely qualify. And I said, could I look at the opportunity of doing that? I think I can do that program, teach it and benefit people and do the team leader role. She goes, says, I love opportunities. So she emails, I emailed her when I get back. And that was my first entry into MAPS coaching. Wow. Was teaching Pursuit of Profit Share, a one hour a week for 16 weeks that we merged down to 12 weeks of helping ages teach them. And I did that for five years is I taught Pursuit of Profit Share for five years. And then that became... The, then my next move was this. I had to decide if I was going to become a MAPS coach or a BOLD coach. And my next transition, when I made the decision to move fully, so I talked to both sides and I decided I actually started as a MAPS coach, not a BOLD coach. And, um, and that was my transition. And so I went into MAPS coaching as a leadership coach first. And I was uh, recruit select certified. So then I, um, they start calling me and saying, we need agents. We need coaches that know recruit select, which you now RSTLM is now career visioning. And so I started coaching mega agents. 
And then immediately they asked me to start doing bold because they needed some bold coaches. And I went to bold coaches training. They said, can you get ready to go out? In the fall of 2013, that launched my career as a bold coach. Now that sounds, that was probably uh, one of the hardest transitions I ever made was leaving that team leader role, transitioning back. And that transition back with the unknown, there was a gap in there. I'm probably making it sound a lot easier than it was. Um, there was a lot of unknowns of moving, you know, income, un a lot of unknowns. It's a betting on yourself thing. It's making a leap of faith in whatever's next. So there's a lot of unknowns. And, and it was really cool to see you do that. And, and honestly, every time we have done bowl together, um, people always tell me the impact that you make. And I've had a lot of bold coaches and I have a lot of bold coaches are my friends and right. Cause we've all kind of grown up in this company together, yeah. which is amazing. And honestly, before I came to Austin, I, I shared with you, bold coach was one of the things I considered doing except I didn't want to be on the road. So, it, you know, David, when you think about then impact, because I think because you're such a positive person and, and how you show up, though, you bring accountability. I think one of the things I really admire about you is you do always bring accountability into the room and anywhere that you are. It's like you bring excellence for yourself and you also ex accept and expect excellence from the people around you, which I, I think that's probably why we're really drawn to each other, because um, we always come with our best. There's just no other way. Um, that's why I'm really excited to oh, you know okay. making those. I think you nailed on something right there, and that was you know early in my career when I started out. I did I went through a divorce early in my real estate career doing it. You know that was one of the that impact of overlapping and doing real estate in that point. Um, and you know, and, and you get lost in your identity of who you are, and that you know early on is you know real estate moving into leadership and when you're put on a platform in leadership you know you're you're standing there and it's it, your your true colors start showing and yeah. so that that was probably that was that first time in my life i've ever really been had a breakdown was really as an agent making it and going through that the second hardest time was that identity break of being a team leader for so many years and moving into something the biggest growth at that, up to this point in my life was when I became a maps coach and a bold coach. Mm. And that was probably the, I had um, biggest breakdowns I had were changing that identity, going into that transition, um, you know, really exposed me on habits. It exposed me on, you know, um, patterns that I was, that I was going through. Um, I look back at pictures and, you know, I don't, I, I, I think I am healthier. I think I'm health, happier now, I'm more rounded, I'm more grounded. So that, those breakdowns, making every, that transition was probably the first time I had really gone through true breakdowns in my life. Those breakdowns, because I had great people around me and a coach around me, and those breakdowns were caused by high accountability with people like Diana Kokoska held high accountability, um, calling you out on things, um, being authentic by the, the biggest compliment I had in my life, I have ever, is when people say you're very authentic. Um, had a moment this last bold round where somebody asked a question in the audience personally, and my palms started sweating a little bit, but family, and I, you know, I reached down, and I took my bold wristband, and I just had to switch bracelets because I had to change how I looked at those things. And so, um, 
So that was probably the bit, first time I've gone through major breakdowns, that transition of a team leader and going and become a MAPS coach and a bold coach and coaching others and, um, and making it through that. Don't you think you're better in the room though, because you've been through that though? Like, don't you feel like, because if you, and, and, and you have so many, I mean, we don't have time to go into everything you've been through. You've had major heartbreak loss in your life. You've had, you know, you've had health. I mean, you really are a different version of yourself in the, yeah. in the 15 years I've known you, right? And it's so beautiful to see who, how you show up to the world today, because when you're in that ballroom, but what I love, and, and this is maybe what keeps you there, but it's that transformation in the room of people, yeah. right? And that's what coaching does, right? That's what coaching, it removes those 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 blind spots and those those invisible walls, right? So, you know, your transformation though, I think makes you legitimate in in the in the room. And it's that humbleness. I think that we have when we're when we're younger, we're so driven to be number one that later on we're like, yeah, you know, it's really so much more than that. I think that's how you show up. Well, you know, um it's in is you know inside of all those years we just described and we've only kind of made it to really 2013, 14 if you think about it. Yeah. Is uh is you know I have uh both of my sisters passed away during that time I just described. Mm-hmm. One sister, um, you know, my first sister died, Jennifer, in 2007. And that was devastating for my family. Um, and then my other sister, just not long ago, took her own life. Mm-hmm. And then uh, January this year, my dad passed away. Uh, dad was 77, had a great life. Um, so, you know, now taking care of mom which I'm very proud to do um, and, and, and happy I'm able to get to do that um, is all, you know, those are part of those breakdowns along the way. If you were to do my life story uh, type thing, you would see that in there. And if, if anybody on this call is listening, when it comes to hear about follow the model, follow the model, guys, career visioning, you've got to follow those, those tools they got. That That's life story is life changing for people uh, for doing, and you kind of see those patterns in there. So you know, if you go through my life story, you probably see those bumps and those life stories have big impacts along the way. Yeah, big time. And, and it's including, including a couple of divorces too in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is the equivalent of going through a death, um, you know, uh, of those things, because there's a process you going through uh, for doing it, you know. And so, you know, you turn around, you know, I, you know, I probably have a tendency to be a little bit on the optimistic side. You know, my mission in life is, is this, you know, is, Felt like I had some knockdowns. I, you know, first first growth was I moved to Tucson to open up those market center. That was a big growth period. I didn't, you know, want to make sure that was a big kick in the gut because, you know, we were operating entrepreneurially in San Antonio. Craig and I were like a machine running. It's the reason we're in stage a lot, on stage a lot. We we're like a machine running back in the day. And then I moved to Tucson and nobody knew who I was. My skills were put to a test. I was hiring coaches. I hired Rich Rector. I said, I need you to make me a better recruiter. Those are knocking my guts. And then moving back, becoming a bold coach, whole new set of skills, getting on the road, coaching agents, coaching mega agents. Um, you know, those are, and then along the way, so life, you know, one thing we know about, you know, uh, accountability, which is uh, perspective number six, is accountability. And a lot of people, if you go read accountability on step, on the six perspectives, is different than we define accountability a lot of times. Like accountability is, did you do what you say you're going to do? accountability in six perspectives is life is going to happen. And you got two choices. You can become a victim or you can become accountable. 
That's perspective number six. And if there's any message taken away on here, these travels is, you know, the one thing you want to have in your is playing to win is not playing not to lose. And I think many people in life are playing not to lose. And playing to win is differently defined to me today than it was eight years ago. Well, you know, that's my favorite question on the show. So let's go there. What does playing to win look like for you today, David Jones? So I think playing to win, um, you know, there's, there's, you know, we talk about this thing, you know, uh, here's some notes I wrote down. I think it's going to go there. Playing to win is a lot of people believe wealth doesn't always mean happiness. I do believe that you can be happy and be wealthy. Success doesn't always mean people are good people. I do believe you can be a good person and be successful, though. Playing to win, to me, is we're all going to have moments that we're going to fall into victim. Dick Dillingham, I heard him say it one time. I, I want to give credit because I heard him say it first. And he says, you know, there's two types of victims out there. There's professional victims and there's amateur victims. <laughs> I, love that. I think we've all been amateur victims. We've all thrown pity parties. We've all gotten upset. You know, we all have intense conversations. And it's not, it's how you respond. My, my mission is this. Anybody out there at any point in your life, whether it's divorce, whether you've been lied to, whether you've had a bad relationship, whether you've had a bad business dealing, whether you failed five times, six times, 10 times, at any time in your world, playing the winds, at any time you can make a choice to turn and make a 45 degree turn, not 100. You don't take, it doesn't mean you got to turn around, just a 45 degree turn. And you can change your attitude. And it's okay to feel sorry for yourself for a little bit. But you know what? Because that's, you know, there's a process there. But you got to give back up. And people are going to do things that's going to hurt. That's, that's what I've learned in life. And playing to win, to me, is, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? And I use, I think the decisions I've made, well, every decision I've, I've done, whether it was, moving for a business endeavor. I think a lot of times I did them for the wrong reasons, believe it or not. And what I've learned about playing to win is I'm doing for the first time in my life, I feel like right now that I'm doing things for my reasons, not for the reasons of others. Now, all those experiences have got me to get there today. And I told my, I just recently had got to spend a lot of time with my son and uh, we did a road trip. You want to have you want to you want to you want to have time with your kids? Do a road trip. That's right. We're not flying. We're driving. driving. You're driving, and uh, so that was my son. I did, and I, and my daughter. I did the same thing. As a matter of fact, I think when you were telling me you want to go and do the podcast, I think I was driving to go get my daughter in Houston, and uh, on Christmas Eve, which was my pleasure. Yeah, that's right. And one thing I want my kids to learn, and what I want to communicate to them is learn these things faster. Learn about what really life means to you. You know, um, 
I think we all need to do uh, family matters, relationships matter, and money matters. You know, a lot of people want to do a lot of great things in this world. And in order for you to do it, you're probably going to have to make more money to do it. Go read the books and listen to them. I'm, one thing I would have done differently younger is I would have read more diligently. I think I read, put the book away, and checkboxed it. You know, now I read them, I reread them, I listen to them. So playing to win, to me, is how you handle, not if life's going to happen, is when it happens, is what how you respond to it. And all I, the people that I choose to hang around now, I, and you know, they say there's a saying, you hear this all the time, I've, you've heard it for years, and I, I just, I think I'm getting it more every time, and that is the the more you grow, the smaller your circles get. Yes. I've always thought that was an interesting, I was always like, oh, that's weird because I love people. I understand it more now because I don't have, I can't have that negativity yeah. around me. I want people around me that are going to support the positivity. Um, and so peace is important. But I believe that you can have peace and success. Success doesn't always mean peace, though. So you got to really figure out where you want in life, why you why you want it, what's so important about it. And it doesn't matter how you get there. I used to care how I got there. You know, I used to think owning market centers was a great thing. I used to think one playing to win is it's not if life's going to happen, it's how you respond. And it doesn't matter what other people think, how you respond, what you put on, you know, social media, what you put on anywhere is that be authentic you and don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. Don't get stuck on who you are and how you do it. Be stuck on who you choose to be and where you desire to go and say, where do you want to go? And then be the person you need to be to be there, to get there. Um, you know, Stop listening to the story you're telling yourself. I told my every every phase of my life, there's a story that I defended of why I was okay there. And you may okay. find yourself um, changing some relationships. People may not decide to grow with you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's playing to win for me is how you respond. I love that. How do you, okay, so you you just kind of gave a, uh, an answer to one of the things you say, don't get stuck on who you are, be stuck on where you want to go and, you know, find the way to get there. Let's talk a little bit more about that because I always like to give, and I know this time's going fast and I, I see that on the clock, but I would love to just give some, because uh, I think you have a brilliant mind around this because you are a coach at heart and you help so many people. Um, for people that are stuck right now, if somebody's stuck and they're listening to this, yeah. whatever it is, stuck with their health, stuck in their marriage, stuck, whatever it is, what advice would you give somebody and they know they're stuck? Like, it, you know, they bought into their own belief that it was yeah. like, now they're getting, I think what I, the last two and a half years has done for a lot of people, David, is really kind of revealed, like taking that off, taking that filter off. I don't want that life, right? A lot of people are kind of having these transformations. Any advice you would have for people that are hearing that, that are like, yeah, I, or, or oh, the market changer, whatever excuse they're coming yeah. up with. So the person that's stuck so far deep that doesn't really, that's oblivious and doesn't want to hear it has already turned this, turned this off. Yeah, they're not my no, listeners. No, I really mean it. I really yeah. mean it. So the person that, that already turned it off, 
is the one that, you know, they, they're really stuck. There's people that are stuck in a way where, um, you know, I don't believe you can change people. I can ask questions. I can um, give them stories. I can use metaphors, you know, all those kind of things. There's a story you're telling yourself and we all buy into that story. Um, and if you do find yourself stuck um, and you want out, you got to figure out what habits and I, I'm, I'm quoting all these things. I'm there. Are people ask me, why, why don't you write a book? Because I do, I said, because everything you're, I'm saying people have already taught. These are all, these are nothing new here is um, you got to think about some, maybe some start with some basic habits. And that is, um, you know, I'll tell you one thing I did this year um, and done at different times in my life. And that is, you know, uh, alcohol really doesn't have a place in my life. That's one. I know, I know, you know, I hang out with people all the time. They're having drinks. I'm fine with that. I'm just saying for me, it was not applying to where I wanted to go. I felt it. So I was like, you know what? Boom. So, so, and I've done that different times. I feel great during that time. I'm like, man, I got to go back to that. And so, you know, maybe it's something like that, a habit you need to quit. Um, then who are you hanging around? Um, I honestly think it's going to be around what you eat, what you drink, and starting with exercise, believe it or not. <laughs> as silly as that sounds, um, those are the places to start. After that, and I heard this as a Zig Ziglar conference, and uh, I always saw Zig Ziglar. It's got to be 1994. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. And he said, your success, your future in life is determined by the books you read and the people you hang around. So we have a, we have a, some of these are teaching bold called point far. So somebody who's stuck, um, first of all, is you've got to go out and get around people that are where you want to be and talk like you want to be around. Um, if you're around people that are also stuck, you're going to stay stuck. Who you hang around matters. I know that sounds so you hear it all the time. You hear it all the time. You hear it all the time. You know, go to that meeting, go to fame reunion, go to bold, go watch the videos, whatever you can afford is what are you eating? What's your diet? Exercise a little bit, whatever you're able to do. Um, and then who are you hanging around? And that's going to be those little things right there. And then start a new, then say, what's one new habit? They want to create. Now, one thing I did about reading is this. I started reading. I adopted the Ben Kinney model to reading is I read and listen to it on Audible at the same time. That right there helped me become a better reader. From a retention, exactly sure. like you feel like you retain the information better when you do it that way. So you know what I think it was really? I'll tell you why. Is because I can look at Audible and I can plan how long it's going to take me to read the book. It actually makes me feel like I got a finish line finally. Okay. So I can look at it. I got three hours left in this book. Oh, I can do that. That's six days of 30 minutes. I can do this. I literally believe that was what it is. And I can tune out during storytelling and not read. And then I can tune back in and take notes on the margins and I can listen and read. So I literally follow along on all my books uh, except the one right now I'm reading this one right now. I, I decided this one's so story. I'm, I'm actually reading, uh, oh, this is in it, is a man search for meaning. Mm. Man search for meaning. I, I thought I had it here. It's in my other bag. Uh, okay. Man search for meaning. That is such a story-based book. I, I just started listening to him. Okay. Yeah, by uh, Victor Frank Frankel. Yeah, I've yeah. heard it. I, I've read it. It's been a long time though. Yeah, I actually am reading it right now. I'm on the, I'm the last third right now. Okay. Wherever, wherever you are in your life, right? There are so many things 
that uh, you have that you haven't gotten to yet or that you have done and you're super proud of. Is there anything for you, David Jones, that you are excited about in the next year or so for your own personal growth? My own personal growth, 2023 is got the real estate team back running in San Antonio, which is something that like full time. uh, We've always had a team running um, and very excited about that. Got a great lead generation team operating out of Mexico. So uh, very involved in KW Mexico. Uh, like I said, uh, uh, we call it, uh, the website is paradisemexico.mx. Um, so the Jones Real Estate team, uh, I'm very excited about. Got some great things that are launching actually the next week or two. Um, and uh, honestly, my my job still is, why well, I mentioned those two first, is uh, my passion is uh, bold. And that is, um, you know, we launched Bowl October of 21, relaunched it post-COVID and getting out in the trenches. And that is working full-time and Bold is my passion. Um, you know, it's just going in and getting the emails. I was going through some books today and I saw, you know, just note cards of, of notes from people that I keep. And I open up a book, and I said, where was this at? And so the impact of, uh, you know, what does Bold mean to people? What bold really is, is about if you're stuck, probably go to bold. Uh, if you're a realtor, if you're not listening, you're not, you know, find something that'll break you out. Um, so 2023 is the year of um, 100% all in as a head coach for bold, making sure we have fantastic bold coaches, helping our bold program be amazing front lines out, out in the field for Keller in the real estate industry, relaunching the team and helping them brand and getting that going in San Antonio. And then, um, and then also in um, Kitty Mikabo. And so, uh, and doing that. And uh, who knows where that'll go from there. So, those are the, really the focuses for 2023. That's awesome. So, uh, one more question Do you think bold is still relevant today? Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's like saying working out's not relevant. And it's kind of like saying, you know, I've already been working out for three years, I'm done working out. Um, you know, you know, is every time you hit, you level up, you level up, you level up. The very second, though, that you your brain is going to do everything it can to convince you that you're fine, you're making enough money, you've taken bold 10 times, I've taken bold 20 times, you and Austin, you got to have somebody that's taken it that many times, you know, relevant is not the question is, are you stuck is the question. No. And if you're saying one of two things, this is the number one things about when people say I'm not only to do bold, I'm here, I'm not here to sell bold, I was here to tell a story. You know, helpfully impact somebody, don't get stuck. Um, is when you do say two things though, I don't have the time. When you sir, when you habitually say, I don't have time, that is a cap on your life and your income. And if you've already, if I if you say I've already done that, been there, done that, it's not relevant, it's just another way you saying I've already been there, done that. I know what to do. When you say those things, you're basically just your brain is helping you say stuck. And so it's not about being relevant. It's about you being stuck. You know, that's kind of a little blunt way of saying it. Now, this also makes sure understand is this. Everybody has different lives they have. You know, everybody chooses like, I don't, somebody says, I only want to make 200 a year because I want this. That's fine. Then do it in less time. You know, this, so it doesn't mean like, you got to be a million dollars. I mean, you got to be Ben Kenny. It doesn't mean you got to be, you know, Tim, Tim Ohio, all great people, you know, that yeah. all started in bold, right? Kind of thing. Yeah. 
Exactly. Um, it just means that whatever life you choose, be okay with it and go live that life and create balance. And balance can exist. A, a counterbalance can exist. So be careful of the, of the stories you're telling because we tend to, I do it, you do it. We tend to defend our stories, why it's okay for me not to do something. Right. Yes, absolutely. And, and to keep us where we're at, right? Um, so if you if you had a quote like uh, under your name, like in Facebook, everybody has a, a saying, right? Of, like, like mine is, uh, uh, don't let the world change who you are, let who you are change the world. That's like the way I live every day is, is don't, ex that means so many different things for me. And I know I did not prepare you for this, but if David Jones were to have a tagline under his name, any idea what that would be, darling? I don't know if it's a tagline. Yeah, you're right. I wasn't ready for that exactly. Um, that's okay. You're going to make me think about it. I'll be texting you later. I promise you that. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to hear. <laughs> I think, you know, uh, people know how much I care for them. You know, where I'm, I place in their life to help them create a life. And I do believe that a lot of people need to make more money to accomplish the life they want. Pastors have a purpose in people's lives. And bowl coaches to help you fund that perfect life. And I would say, honestly, the purpose of, I'll go, I'll go to something out of bowl that I think is resonating. And that is, we say the purpose of life is to live before you die. Yeah. You got to, you have to define what that means to you. To me, it means me becoming free so that I can, when grandkids hopefully come, when they come, that I can spend time with them guiltless. So the purpose of life is to live before you die. And when you're in the business world, the purpose of business is to fund the perfect life. I think that actually is as, um, as stock and textbook as that sounds and on a, on a PowerPoint screen, that probably is, is the truth right there. The purpose of life is to live before you die. You get to define that. And the purpose of business is to fund the perfect life. That's probably how I treat every day. And living before my die means that um, I'm free. And if you don't know what that means is we teach something called the freedom number, which Gary's been talking about is, and that is because you got to become free where you got to create passive income. You got to be, you got to, you got to get free. So I, I think that would be it actually. Do you feel like you're living that right now? I am. I am. I can see it. I, I can see it. see it. I can see it. In other words, Am I living free right now? No. Can I see the path to get there? Probably more clear today than ever before. And it's mostly because of who I associate with now. And choose to associate with. I start my own podcast. It's going to be called Third Chances. No, no. Let's, let's reframe that. When you start your new podcast, it's going to be called what, my friend? Third Chances. And, it's, and the right. purpose of it is going to be this. At any time in your life, the whole focus of it, at any time in your life, you can make a pivot and you can have any life you desire. And it's nothing different than what Gary says. It's no, matter, no matter where you're at in your life right now, you're five years away from a life you've never imagined. You know, that's I know I'm just a textbook repeater. I just want to get the message out. And wherever you're at, no matter how many business failings, how many divorces you've had, no matter how many your relationships, your businesses crash. I didn't lead generate for 10 days. Stop beating yourself up third chances it could be your fourth or fifth chances i just thought the fifth chances sounded too many so <laughs>
might roll some people out. I might roll some people out. But everybody can relate to third chances. Everybody can relate to third chances. Absolutely. You know. And everybody deserves and is and is worthy. And a lot of that is is the self belief in that I'm worthy of that. So I look forward to that podcast. And that is my challenge to you this year. And I'm going to be watching and holding you accountable on that. And I, we will share that with our listeners. But I want to thank you for your time today. And just thank you for all the good that you do in the world. Uh, that's exactly who I want to surround myself with. Uh, and, and this is exactly why I asked you uh, over Christmas, like, would you come be on the show, please? So thank you. Well, it's a pleasure. And, and honestly, if anybody in here um, listening in, just just you got to keep plugging in and become and become very self-aware of yourself. And so uh, it, it's my pleasure. Um, you know, the best as, as the best is here and the best is yet to come, as you as you told me uh, not too long ago. And uh, just go out there and people, so many people have poured into me. So many people have poured into me. and. You know, the, the company, all the way from Mark, Diana, Gary, Craig, so many people have poured into me. And so uh, the best is yet to come. Wow. Some of my takeaways from this um, interview were um, learn what life really means to you faster. God, I love that. Learn what life really means to you faster. And don't be stuck on who you are. Be stuck on where you want to go and then get into action. Um, and there's always a story we're telling ourselves. I thought that was so good. Also, when he said, um, I don't have time. Well, that's just a cap on your life and your income. And your brain is actually helping you to stay stuck exactly where you are. Love that so much. And just the purpose of life is to live before you die. And you get to define that. And I think that that was such a great conversation. Um, gosh, we have so many amazing people in our world. And I just hope you enjoyed listening to David and getting to know his story a little bit and inspires you to have your best life. And even if it's just one different choice today that puts you in the path of having a better life, then this hour was well worth it. So have a great day. And I can't wait to see you on the next episode of The Second Half.